Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, welcome everybody to the Ring the Bell podcast special edition Hogwatch Padres Reds post game show May 3rd. Nick Kreider, Heath Bell, I was there today. Big series W. I would have liked to bring out the brooms, but we will take two out of three against the Reds. It's been a bit, it's been a while since we've done a show, so we got a lot to discuss. The looming off day, the big three game set with the Dodgers this weekend, the Cubs series, Mexico City, all that jazz. So, how are we doing, gentlemen? How's life? I'm feeling good, man. I was at the game on Monday and it was electric. I'm ex- I'm excited. I'm 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 doing good. The Padres are playing well. I mean, definitely we'd like them to play better, but um I feel like with a little tweak here and there, you know, we're going to run away with this division, so Everyone in the chat, wherever you're tuning in from, let's get a quick roll call. Where is everybody tuning in from our first live show on the podcast? So, I mean, one thing I just want to know before we talk about everything, I, I didn't realize how crowded these Wednesday day games were getting. I walked there and I was like, <laughs> you know, I, you know, I, I got work, but I, I got to go watch this game. And I'm like, do 30,000 other people are making this excuse? Like it wasn't sold out, but the whole lower bowl was packed and it was rowdy. I'm like Wednesday day games five years ago, we were getting 3000 people just going to get a tan. So against the reds, <laughs> Heath, against the reds, crazy. Yeah, it's one of those things that, man, you wish you were still playing and stuff like that because I remember those games where, you know, you're like, man, does anybody even know we're playing? So, uh, I mean, I remember in 2010, we were in first place the majority of the year, and, I mean, we probably hit record lows of attendance because, you know, a lot of people are like, yeah, I didn't know you were in first place. I'm like, yeah, we're in first. (laughs) Oh, and like you said, they would just show up to get a tan or just like, oh, we got nothing to do. Let's go to a Padre game. So they didn't really follow us that much. But just now, I mean, tan. everybody wants to go. It's just – it's exciting. It's electric. I mean, so, yeah. it's Yeah, it's I was actually – Heath, I was actually just doing a, a collab episode with the, the Bleed Los guys, our, our Dodgers foe on the Believe <laughs> Network. And uh, they said they still owe us tacos. But they asked me if they think that the Dodgers are going to travel well this – series like they normally do and i think they will but i don't think it's going to be the the old you know 60 40 dodgers fans in the uh the ballpark i think it's going to end up mm-hmm. being like 70 percent padre 30 percent dodger what do you think Heath? yeah i i think the padre fans this year are not gonna i mean let, let's put it this way they're buying tickets so it's not like the dodgers are going to have a lot of open seating tickets you know the only way the dodger fans are going to be able to bust down they're going to have to buy tickets before the season started or like the september series with the dodgers they're gonna have to buy their tickets today it's the only way what about you guys chat what do you think the split's gonna be go ahead no i was just saying so the the dodgers aren't gonna have a chance to buy a bunch of tickets because there's gonna be a lot of padre fans 
listen, listen, I know we're here today to talk about the Padres. Just quick note on the Dodgers. If there's a time that we want them, I, I guess it's right now. If you want their best look, the Dodgers are playing some unbelievable baseball right now. And and what what you know, uh, Dave Roberts said is he actually sat Urias today so he can pitch on Sunday, replacing Noah Syndergaard. So we're gonna get Dar, we're gonna get Musgrove, Darvish, Schnell, and we're gonna see. Uh, I don't know in the order, but Kershaw, Urias, and uh, I don't know why I'm blanking on Dustin May. So it's going to be a really, really good three-game set. You know, both teams are playing better baseball. I would say the Dodgers are officially hot, and I'd say the Padres are – they're getting warm, right? You know, the last yeah. time we spoke, you know, they they took three out of four in Arizona. They had an underwhelming – they only got one out of three in Wrigley. But then, you know, let, let's, let's start – let's go back in time. Let's talk about Mexico City a little bit because that first game was – I thought we were on – there was helium in those balls. They were clearly juiced plus the 7,300 feet. Nick – what the hell did we witness in that in that first 16 run barrage? Oh my gosh, man. I felt so bad for those pitchers. Heath, you are lucky that you were not pitching in <laughs> yeah. Mexico City when you were a Padre because man, I just inflated your ERA like a balloon. Um, but it was fun to watch, man. I mean, look, I love that the the city of Mexico City welcomed the Padres with open arms. Uh, you know, they had they had the Padres uh Spanish announcer talking about how you know it was about 70%. Padres fans there and just in the city, 70% Padres fans. And I think that the country of Mexico has really, you know, taken San Diego as like their team. Um, you know, and he mentioned that like part of the ownership of San Diego also owns the Diablos out in, in Mexico as well. So really cool that we have ties there. Love seeing the Mysterio masks, you know, love seeing the sombrero. <laughs> That's great fun. You know, celebration now, Nick, the celebration now. Awesome. I love it. And Heath, you talk about it all the time, man, letting loose, having fun, you know, and that's what it's all about. And these guys are having that. So, but back to the game itself, man, something that this offense really needed is just like a, a jolt, you know, a jump start, some confidence, you know, Manny hitting two home runs to round out his April with, uh, you know, four uh, Nelson Cruz getting after it, you know, almost hitting for the cycle and the next day hitting a triple, you know, getting his legs under him and, <laughs> You know, Soto finally figuring it out, and, and Tatis just poking it out. All I have to do is just flick your bat out there, and the ball is going to travel 400 feet. It was um, almost like they were playing a little league field or something. So it, it was, it was even it. It wasn't like Colorado. It just seemed like the fences weren't short, but for some reason the ball just kept going. You know, it was. So. Yeah. Austin Nola hit a home run. That's how you knew we were in Mexico City. The, 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 saw, that was a classic line out to center field, and it just kept going. Yeah, the, it was I a saw a tweet. I saw a tweet that said that a ball that gets hit like 103 miles an hour would normally go, you know, 398 feet if it's a home run, right? Uh-huh. And Colorado goes 325, and in Mexico City it goes 438. Whew. That is so is Mexico City higher elevation than Colorado? Yeah, 7,300 yeah, like, feet. Yeah, it's like it's like over two thousand feet higher than Colorado. All right, well, yes. maybe that should be our new place. Let's play there three or four times. And chat, chat, yeah, but not for a picture, though, right? <laughs> chat in the chat brings up a great point, saying those infield bounces were also insane. Yeah, the ball would just bounce up super high, chat. So that's a great point. Nevertheless, they have that insane game one win. Then game two, it was a little bit more suppressed in terms of runs, but they actually came back. You know, down four three. Bottom of the eighth, they get a three-run bottom of the eighth. Cronenworth gets the RBI single, and then Matt Carpenter with the bloop, you know, two-run RBI single. And that was huge for this team because that carried right over into that first Reds game where the offense exploded. And at that point, we were like, 
Okay, is, is 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 the monkey finally off this team's back? Juan Soto has climbed above the 200 wall. I know we're going to have to get into him today because he, he's been awesome since the last time we've recorded. But I guess we'll get into that, Heath. Is it nice to see Juan getting it going a little bit? I saw a stat line today. Walk, 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 double. <laughs> nice. It, w- it was nice to see Juan Soto out of the second hole. Because he sucks in the second hole, plain and simple. As soon as they put him in the third hole, I would have dropped him a little bit more, but he dropped down to the third hole, and he's been hitting ever since they started doing that. I just think for some odd reason, you get stuck, you get into a rut, you got to mix it up once in a while. And, you know, they moved him down the third, and he gets to see watch two guys hit in front of him. That that probably was the deal breaker. All of a sudden, now that you're going to pitch to him a little bit different, I mean, you pitch to great guys – pretty much the same way but as a pitcher you 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 pitch the leadoff guy one way the two hole guy another way the three hole the four hole the last three guys in the lineup the six hole you just you know you you pitch everybody a little bit different in those you know what they can do but you just do a little bit different and then you know if you're bad in fourth you kind of like okay i'm the cleanup guy if you're bad in leadoff hey i gotta get on you know if you're batting in the second hole, I got to move the guy over or I got to get on. If that guy, if the leadoff man doesn't get on, if you're batting the last couple of line, you know, spots in the lineup, you're just like, okay, I just need to get a hit to turn the lineup mm-hmm. over or something. So all the mindset's a little bit different. And Soto's finally starting to get, you know, swing the bat a little bit to Tatis, you know, Mexico city helped him out. Now he's starting to hit, rake the ball. Um, so it's, it's good to see the guy start swinging the bat and doing what, we all expect them to do early in the season, but they just, you know, went through the April woes. So, you know, yeah. now May they can settle in and just kind of play baseball. Heath, I, I don't know if you can see this chat, but Ramesh from Bangladesh said, Heath, I love you. Would pay money to lick the palms of your hands to get your pitching power. Is that how it works? Who, whose palms did you lick to get your pitching power? I don't know. Maybe I licked my own shit. <laughs> I, I didn't lick anybody's palms, but um, you're gonna have to pay money if you want to lick my palms. That's weird. Everyone's <laughs> so got a price. Just, I love it. No, I don't even. I don't even think my wife has ever licked my palms. So, <laughs> oh come on now. Nah, I'm serious. Uh, in, in all seriousness, I, I honestly think you know Mexico City woke him up a little bit. You saw that good game one of the Red Tears, and then last night was a little bit of an, a dud, right? They they lose two one. Um, you're not going to overreact. It's, it's baseball. It's going to happen. They come back today. They bounce back. Really, really nice performance. Juan Soto, three RBI, one for two, three RBI, three walks. Hey, guys, don't look now. Juan Soto has an 840 OPS. Don't look Don't look now. And it's going to keep going higher and higher. Um, you know, Trent Grisham was good. Let's talk about Mr. Brett Sullivan, though, all right? <laughs> the, we've talked about the struggles of Austin Nola. We've talked about the excitement of Luis Campisano, but with Campy's thumb being hurt, there's this guy named Brett Sullivan who's come in and all he's done is hit. So two part to question, Nick, I'll start with you. Number one thoughts on Brett Sullivan. Number two, when Campy comes back, what do you do? This team hasn't had the balls to DFA Nola. He's got three more years left on his deal. Team control. What do you do? You can't run with three guys. I was having this conversation earlier today. Let's with get some sollies in the chat, people. And uh, look, I am I'm all in on Brett Sullivan. He takes good at bats, man. Even when he's when he's getting out, like they're hard hit balls, good contact, doesn't strike out a lot, works the count. I think he's great, you know. And honestly, like Nola, you've been great, but then the day, man, you got a noodle arm out there and you can't hit, and you can't be Austin Hedges 
offensively and also not be Austin Hedges defensively. You got you got to have one or the other, and you're just, you don't have either. So I think if Compensado comes back healthy, I kind of like the idea of rolling with Sullivan and Compensado. I mean, I have to see a bigger sample size from Sullivan, but you know, I want Bob Melvin to put Sullivan in the lineup a lot more so we can actually really get a, a true taste and see how this guy really actually is. You know, here's the thing. We were talking early in the season. Somebody in the minors is going to step up. You know, I thought it was going to be pitching. Might be Sullivan. I mean, we went and got Nolan from Seattle when we needed a hitter. And he came and hit. And we were like, okay, defensively, he's not there, but he can hit the ball. Now he's not doing that. The bases are bigger. People are stealing more. Bob Melvin, this is what I say. Go put Sullivan out there. Put him out there for four or five games before Nolan gets back. If he produces like he's still producing, hey Austin, sorry, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to let you go. I mean, I mean, what are you gonna do? I mean, you can you can bring Nolan back for another like two week stint and say, hey, if you don't hit, you're done, or you roll with the hot hand. I mean, what are you gonna do? So that's 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 where the manager and the management needs to come together and say. Let's go with the hot hand. Let's go with the young guys. I mean, he's 29. It's Sullivan, he's hot. He wants it. He's he wants to go after it and he wants to do well. And I mean, you know, I'm pretty sure Nolan wants to do well, but he's just kind of like he we we traded for you to, for you to hit. You're not hitting anymore. And now the bases are bigger, so people more people are stealing. You know, there's a pitch clock, so it's just the bases are bigger. It's a couple inches closer either that gets better or you got to start hitting. Otherwise, you know, you got to, you got to dump them and go with somebody else. I mean, it's, it's sad to say, but that's what happens. Yeah. He's, he's been really good. Go ahead. You're going to win. If you want to win a championship, you got to do that. You got to make those hard decisions. Really. I just think it's it's inevitable. Yeah. You just, when, when are you going to cut the ties? Because here's the other thing. We also have a 16 year old that might be in the big leagues in a year or two. Who are you going to cut the ties there? So. Maybe, maybe two or three. I, I don't know, but it's inevitable. I think I think Nola gets cut here or DFA'd, you know, within the next month or so, unless he just completely goes on a tear. And I like the versatility that Sullivan and Compasano bring together. One's a lefty, one's a righty. You know, you can just platoon those guys together. And I know there's some inexperience behind the dish, but you know, you gotta you gotta figure it out offensively. And I think those are the answers right there. Yeah, we have this award when we do our daily postgame shows called the Top Hog and the Hogwash. And the Top Hog, no doubt, is Brett Sullivan. First one of the year. Um, his stat line today, guys, two for four, four ribs. Uh, got got the party started with the you know, two-out RBI double, two RBI double, and then with the two-run jack. So really, really nice to see. Um, hogwash, I'm going to go with Xander Bogarts today. Chat, first one of the year. The dude's literally been raking all year. Got the day off. You know, listen, it's a long year, but X is starting to, I would say, slumping a little bit. Um, it's expected. This guy wasn't going to hit 400 all year, right? So let's let's remember it's a it's a marathon, not a sprint. But he's been struggling a little bit. His unbelievable on-base streak ended at 30 games, which was nuts to, to, to start the year. Um, I, I don't know if the MLB record's like 84, 87, like that. But, I mean, I, I, I thought this guy was just going to continue to get on base. It ended today. All good things do come to an end. It, but it's pretty awkward. How it happens? <laughs> yeah, just just because of the whole Soto base running woe. I mean, it was that, that brutal. Really huh? That was so brutal. <laughs> yeah, that I don't ball think was Juan, so clearly down. 
Juan just didn't see it hit the ground. Yeah, he just didn't. And of course, it ends like that, right? Um, right. I, I'm assuming that's what happened. He just didn't see the ball hit the ground, right? Yeah, he but I, I think you know they were saying that he should at least he should at least be looking at his base coach or something. You know what I mean? And I don't think Schilt told him to go back to first. Yeah, yeah I, I, here's the thing. If you're not paying attention, then the base coaches are there to help you out. Sometimes guys <laughs> just think they know better and make that's how you make base running errors. Didn't Soto hear the cheers? That's, that's that's another good point. The base coach was screaming at him to run a second. I was there and I was close to it, but I honestly wasn't even paying attention. I think I was on my phone because I'm a stupid Gen Z or so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but 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 at, at the end of the day, guys, Padres win seven to one. They're seventeen and fifteen. They're two games out. You know, they're two games behind the Dodgers as we prepare for this big three game set. Michael, thanks for the nine month membership. Said yes, good to take two out of three from the Reds onto the Dodgers. Um, Two out, Dodgers eight and two in their last 10, Padres seven and three in their last 10. Both teams playing some good baseball. So let's talk about what's trending right, what's trending wrong for the Padres. What's trending right? Few guys. We, we touched Juan Soto. Trent Grisham, he's trending in the good direction for this team. He's starting to hit the ball really well. He's seen the ball very well. Don't look now, he's hitting 240. He's got an OPS of 800 almost. He's really starting to, to solidify himself in this lineup. And I think Bob loves him actually leading off and kind of sliding everybody down sometimes, you know, especially if one of the big guys are taking the day off as today was Manny. So Grisham's a guy who's trending up for me. What about you guys? Who's trending up? I mean, great defense there too. That little deke he had this this uh, yeah. in the first inning, you know, where he, he doubled up the guy first. He had his first outfield assist of the year. I mean, looking to get his third golden glove here. It would be awesome. Um, big Grisham fan. And right now he's playing with a ton of confidence, and I love that. And, you know, our, our Hassan Kim, our Hassan King as well. I mean, I want to sing his praises as well. You know, he had a huge game on Monday night that I went and saw and continuing to play great defense and just slotting into any position when a guy needs a day off, playing third, playing short. So, Give him some love. Yeah, I think who's who's trending right now. I mean, it's Soto and Cohenworth. Yes. Two guys that literally, I mean, you know, Soto was hidden under the Mendoza line. You know, Cohenworth was trying to catch him. You know, he was trying to drop, you know, in the 100s. They slowly started hitting the bat together, and now they're batting, you know, like 240, 240 or 230. You know, probably this last week they're hitting over 300, so it's – they're starting to swing the bat like we know they can. You know, they're not going to be hitting 300, but they're going to hit around 280, 290. So it's it's nice to see those guys, you know, the first three weeks was not not good for them for whatever reason. But let's keep on a tear. And, you know, so they're trending up for me right now. An another person to talk about, and I feel like this was an underrated Preller signing because I didn't know how, how it was going to work out. I know it's early, but let's talk about Seth Lugo, man. Six innings today, one earned run, 3.21 ERA. I think he's had one bad start this year. He's been really, really good, and it seems like he's been able to kind of go deep into games. I know he has an innings limit, so it's going to be curious to see what the team does in terms of how are they going to preserve him throughout the year. He's already pitched about 30 innings. I don't see him going over 100, so do they give him a – you know, do they put him in the pen mid-year? Do they put him at the pen at the end of the year? It's going to be curious because if he's very good as a starter, they may move him into the pen mid-year so they can get him as a starter at the end of the year. He Put put on your managerial cap, someone like Seth Lugo, who's been really good. They moved Martinez to the pen. They didn't move Lugo to the pen. Do you think that's something that they can swap again later in the year and put Martinez back as a starter and Lugo into the pen? 
Yeah, if Lugo has an innings, you know, requirement, um, you can flip-flop those guys. Nick, you know, went to the bullpen. He was really good for us last year in the bullpen. I think maybe they're just kind of playing that. Waka pitched great the other day. He's had a, two two bad games roughly, but Lugo is, is you know, impressed me, you know, but it's just one of those things if uh, maybe in about a month or so, if you want to, you know, save his innings a little bit, throw Nick out there, you know, to start for a couple weeks, have Lugo rest a little bit, have him come back in August, September as a starter and finish strong for the team. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But that's it's those are two of the guys that you can just probably flip flop. Nick has started in the past and gone to the bullpen and started when we need him last year. Lugo was a starter and then pretty much with the Mets just went to the pin. So he's got experience of doing it for the last couple of years, but in his heart, he wants to be a starter. So and he's proving that he can be a starter and he can do it. So it's just, is he going to be okay to maybe go to the pin and not pitch and kind of hopefully stay in rhythm for, you know, a couple outings, you know, down the road, but it just, we'll just have to wait and see what Melvin does. Yeah. I, I don't know what they're going to do. Um, it makes everything easier if you're getting good production from Snell, Muscove, and Darvish. And I don't think we've seen them all quite go well at the same time yet. I think we're still looking for Joe to get going. So, you know, I guess we should just preview this Dodgers series coming up. And I saw some people in the chat asking, and Chad, be, be impartial here. Who do you think has the pitching edge in this pitching matchup? You know, you got Snell, Musgrove, Darvish, and then you got May, Kershaw, Urias. It's pretty, it's it's pretty split right now. I'd say the Dodgers <laughs> offense is slightly hotter, but I, I don't know who's got the pitching edge. I'd say right now, slightly Dodgers, just because Joe Musgrove isn't in a rhythm yet and Blake Snell is still, you know, early season <laughs> Snell, although his last start was a little bit more optimistic. He was attacking the zone a little bit more. But I'd say I'd I'd 100 percent take the ceiling of those three, but being early May, I'm probably leaning Dodgers on pitching advantage. But, Chad, I want to hear what you guys have to say. Lambo saying bring Weathers back. Nah, good call, Lambo. Weathers is in AAA. Heath was right on that one. But what do you guys think? Who do you think is the pitching edge for this three-game set? I think it's a, a slight edge to the Dodgers. I think you're right with everything you said there. You know, Musgrove obviously had a shaky start in Mexico City, and we'll chalk that up to being a high elevation game, and everyone was, you know, getting out there hitting bombs. But that's not good for your confidence. So we'll see how he bounces back, of course. And then, as you mentioned, Snell has finally uh, an, an outing where he can go a little bit deeper, six innings, no walks. Uh, you know, he mentioned that his his dad texts him after every single game, and it's the first time he's texted him in a long time with with good texts because he didn't allow any walks, and you know he got the W. Um, <clears throat> still, would like to see the runs get down a little bit, and you know him go out for like a nice shutout uh, outing. But um, I would still give it to the Dodgers because you know Arias is is lights out, he's nasty, and I think that you know he is the X factor there. But it's going to be close. I mean, we'll see how these offenses respond to these pitching. I mean, we're both getting hot at the right time. So here's the here's the funny part. Naturally, you want to say the Dodgers have the edge because if you just look at their numbers, definitely better numbers than our three guys going out there. But I'm going to say the edge goes to the Padres for the simple fact is Kershaw's having a great year right now. He's five and one. Musgrove is one and oh but he has a 10 year a but he went to mexico city and you know we all know the balls had helium or something like in it 
He's looking to reprove himself and get into a rhythm. He's going to be okay. pumped for this game. Okay. Kershaw is going to think, you know what? I'm just going to go out there and do my thing where I think Musgrove, you know, ears are going to be real shiny again. And he's going to dominate just because he's sweaty. And, you know, that's what happens. <laughs> and then May and you Darvish, you Darvish, you know, is one of those things. May's doing really I well. You Darvish man. is doing well too, but you had the world baseball classic. He's starting to get into rhythm now. So, you know, it's right there. And then, you know, Sunday's game, Snell just needs to go out there and not give up any runs. I mean, basically not walk anybody. If he doesn't walk anybody, he usually doesn't give up runs. So it's, it's going to be, um, it's going to be a tough match on Sunday, but it's just one of those things that you're Yuri's. I can never say his name, right? Yes. Yuri's, you know, he's four and three. He's got an ERA, you know, and it was, you know, 370, 380, you know, it's really good. But I feel like it's one of those things that they're looking past the Padres right now, and it's time for the Padres. They want to go up to L.A., or, I mean, they they want to show L.A. up there that they're really good and we're here to stay and we're here to win the division and go far in the playoffs. So yeah, I, I want to say the edge is going to us because we have the heart right now and we have the know-how and kind of the guts that, hey, we're going to show you. You know, where the Dodgers are just kind of like, Oh, we're going to show you because you beat us in the playoffs, but we're a better team. So I think they're just a little bit more confident than we are. Michael, thanks for the super chat saying Martinez is better out of the pen. I know it's a little bit of a subject change, but I don't know. I mean, it's Nick Martinez is somebody where I think the I can you can make that argument. He did have a tough night in the pen literally last night, but um, he just threw one too many changeups. One too many. I was watching the game and literally like, don't throw that pitch. He's going to single to right. They're going to get up scoring with two guys on, and that's what happened. And that's how the pot, they tied it up. And then, you know, playoffs, I mean, the extra innings with a guy on second. Yeah, it's just – he just threw the wrong pitch at the wrong time. That's all. Thank you. Thank you for the super chat, Michael. Yeah, I mean, I, it seems like he, I like Martinez when he goes to the lineup once, and maybe the second time it's not, a, a, not as fruitful. So maybe you're right on that front. This Dodger fans in the show saying – we won six straight, about to be nine straight. Chirping, man. We got over 200 people live tuning in. Listen, Heath, as a competitor, as a, as a guy who formerly played on the Padres, you would be excited to, to host this Dodger team winning six straight games, right? You want that test. You don't want them slumping. You want them to be – or or tell me if I'm wrong, but do, do you want them playing this good baseball so you can really kind of see no, a nice litmus, litmus test? Definitely. I want them to play good baseball. So when we go and beat them, they have no excuse and say, Oh, we don't have our best guys or we're not playing well right now because yeah, they've won six, six straight. Can you make it seven straight? We'll find out tomorrow. So it's just one of those things that uh, we'll find out Friday, but um, no, you, you want your competition to be really good. You don't want them to be slapping. You don't want them to do doing bad because then there's always an excuse or this and that you want to, you want to see how good you actually are. So it's, um, you know, you don't just go, okay, I want to play uh, Oakland, the worst team in baseball or something like that. Yeah, oh, that's the team we want to play. Nick, are they going to win 20 games, the A's? <laughs> <laughs> I have no clue, man. This is the biggest monstrosity of a of a team I've ever seen in my life. Viva I mean, Las Vegas, baby. <clears throat> hey, so six, this is, this is my point to Moneyball, guys. If Moneyball works, that everybody thinks Moneyball works, why are they sucking so bad? Do you think they well, just forgot what they started? 
doing in the very they're beginning? Cheap they were... They're cheap mofos. They're cheap mofos. I I think what they're doing is self sabotage at this point. I mean, they got what they wanted, and now they're moving to Vegas, and that'll probably be in 2026, I believe, or 2027. Um, and right well, now they're rolling out a AAA roster. Yeah, exactly. They're rolling out a AAA roster. I mean, they allowed us to to take Bob Melvin off their hands. You know, a guy who was literally their oh, head coach, and just let him walk. You know, they were just trading away every single player left and right. Um, and yeah, th- there's no reason for fans to show up to those games. I mean, they're gonna have like record lows of attendance for the next four years. It's gonna be awful. Yep. Yeah. Michael, Michael asks again, how can the Dodgers look past us when we knocked them out last year? Did, who said that? He, is that what you said? Or did you say they were going to look past us or no? no? I don't think I said that. Yeah. I don't, Michael, appreciate the support and the love, brother. But I don't, <laughs> think we're, I, I don't think they're looking past us. I think they're looking right at us. I think they're pissed off. And they want to prove that like, we're, we're, we didn't go anywhere. We're here to stay. So yeah. um, we'll see. I, I mean, going back to that really quick, the mindsets of both teams, right? I I think last year it was nice that the Padres won. They beat the Dodgers. But obviously now this year, that's not the end goal, right? And that should never be the end goal. The end goal should be winning a World Series. So I think when they had when they host this three-game set, it should be more about a, listen, this is just another team. They're a very good team, but there's nothing special about them. We just got to take care of business and play good baseball, right? On the other side, the Dodgers, you know, the last time they were at Petco Park, Clayton Kershaw was crying on the railings. And he probably had to hear millions of people make you see that meme every single day. So for them, listen, they understand it's May baseball, but they they want to come here and they want to make a statement. You know, Dave Roberts probably telling like, let's come in here, let's sweep these guys. Like, let's play some yeah. really good baseball. So I think we're gonna I think we're gonna take a big punch here, Nick. And I'd argue that we've played better teams already this season. The Braves, yes. I think, are a better team than the Dodgers, and we have a winning record against them this season. We're not gonna play them again. And toughest schedule in the big them. leagues. Nick, toughest schedule in the big league so far, the San Diego Padres to start the year. Yep. Mets, Braves, Brewers. I mean, all great teams. Braves um, twice. Exactly. So I don't think this is going to be that that bad of a matchup for us. I mean, look, you look at the look at the run differential. You know, they're plus 42 right now. We're here at minus three. But, I mean, I think that's just kind of status quo for the Dodgers, right? They, they blow teams out, and then they lose, they lose games. You know, that's just what they do. Somebody in the chat says Kershaw has a 23-9 record versus Sad Diego with a 2 or ERA. I think you have to remember the majority of Kershaw's career, with all due respect to the Padres, we were having nobody in our lineup, with all due respect. Yeah. How Kershaw many times did, his prime. How many know, times did he strike out Alexi Amarista? Look that yeah, or, or 40-year-old, Alex, 40-year-old Alexei Ramirez. You or know, Chris or, Norfia. What about Corey Spangenberg, <laughs> Travis Jankowski? All that—that's uh, Everth Cabrera. So it's like, with all due respect to those guys, it's a different, it's a different lineup. I think I got an Ryan Schimpf. I can do this all day. <laughs> oh, Ryan <laughs> Schimpf. At least he slugged a bit. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that should, should be. Uh, I think I'll be there Friday night. Uh, should be an incredible atmosphere. Sunday night baseball, ESPN on Sunday. Um, I'm excited, guys. You know, he talk, talk to me, you know, before we wrap up here, just about one thing you're really looking forward to this year is what is one thing that you really want to see this Padre team execute for this three-game set? So really what I would want, want them to do is what they've been doing right now. They're having fun, you know. So remember last year, early in the year, the Padres were doing really well. They were – all the starting pitchers were following you, Darvish, doing the same thing. They were having fun, and then somewhere along the line they – got too serious, stopped having fun or whatnot. Right now, 
they're got all their all their guys are there. They're having fun. Tatis is making everybody excited again and joking around. And they got the Mexican sombrero going. And I love it. Uh, um, Kim and everybody. So it's it's one of those things. Is I want to see them have fun and go out and play good baseball because I think if they're having fun, they're nice and loose, and they're, that's when they do really well. So that's what I'm looking for. I don't want them to be too serious about it. You know, be serious between the lines, but have a good time doing it. So. And that's when the guys play the best. So that's what I'm looking forward for them. You know, I'm hoping Bob Melvin says, hey, this is just another team. You know, yeah, it's the Dodgers or whatnot, but just go out and win every inning. Let's just win one game at a time and we'll be just fine and keep doing what you're doing is having a good time. So that's what I'm looking for the guys to do this next couple of days. What about you, Nick? Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you, Heath. I mean, I think that's that's a great point for sure. Um, and as I mentioned, you know, I, I, I guessed it on the bleed Los podcast and those guys were talking about how, you know, we look like we're playing so loose right now with like the Lucha Libre, you know, mask with the Rey Mysterio mask and the sombrero and the pinatas. And, you know, as you know, Los Angeles has a very Hispanic, uh, fan base and a ton of white boys on their roster. And so they get <laughs> jealous when they see, you know, our, our Latin vibes and the guys dancing with the sombrero and everything like that. And yeah, it's, it's awesome. You know, I, I love it, you know, and you know they're jealous and so seeing the boys have a good time after every single game after every single game after every single win you know passing the baton passing the pinata stick to bash the next pinata i think well, i think Nick, that's awesome. you remember the dodgers you remember the dodgers sell you last year i'm not i don't know if i'm allowed to say this on the air but the well, the, the little bukkake celebration in the, <laughs> in the yeah, 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 yeah. no wonder why they were all going not they're all going on paternity leave now it makes sense why they're doing that celebration <laughs> nine months ago it's bad, bad, bad. No, I, I like that we kept the the night the rocks parade. It's it's clean. It's fun. You know, yeah. it's uh, everyone can do it. It's it's fun for the whole family. You know what I mean? I don't know if the Bukaki is uh, is right for the young <laughs> Padres fans. Yeah, at least no slump busters there. Aaron said Padres sweeping the Dodgers would be a statement. If that's going to happen, it's imperative. Nola sits out the series. Listen, let's not get greedy. We'll, 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 we'll take two out of three and move on here, right? Let's let's take two out of three. Both teams are coming off an off day. They're going to be energized, ready to go. Listen, going to be May 5th, but Cinco de Mayo, Cinco de Drinco to some of y'all, but it's going to be a playoff atmosphere, a playoff atmosphere. I, 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 I buy that. So, Heath, you'd oh, yeah. be happy with two out of three, huh? Yeah, I'm, I'm really all you got to do is win every series. That's the plan. You win every series, you're going to lose a game. So I'm perfectly happy winning two out of three. Let's win the first one on Friday. And then all we got to do is win one out of two. Yeah, I'm yeah. with you, man. I think it's going to be a good test. And I think it's going to be a dogfight. But yeah, I think our boys take two out of three as well. And, um, you know, hopefully get a sweep. But you know, would love to see how the gas lamp is lit up on Friday night after getting a win on single to drink. Oh, I mean, it's going to be unbelievable. I'm scared. It's it's going to be heinous. If I was um, 10 years younger and be downtown, that'd be so much fun. Close down the bars. Yep. <laughs> it, should, it should be a Danny one. So chat, we'll leave, we'll leave the final few minutes. Does anyone have any questions? I know this is our first live show. Any questions for Heath? Any questions for Nick, myself? Uh, again, as it currently stands, Padres at 17 and 15. You know, Considering all things, considering how slow the offense has started, considering the bumpiness that we saw from the bullpen early on the year, considering how tough the schedule has been, I, I think we could say we've weathered the storm. You know, and it, I, you know it hasn't been all pretty, but they've weathered the storm. You know, Xander Bogarts has carried them in five, six wins. They've gotten production from guys here and there, so um, it, it's big. It, it, it's big. 
F the Dodgers and go pods. I love it. Yep, we hate these people, man. Yeah, JD, JD's uh JDS third said, What does it mean if we get swept? Nothing. And I I think it means nothing because as you remember last season, they beat our ass in the regular season. We didn't win a series. And and who who knocked them out? We did. So if we get swept, doesn't mean anything. So you get to the playoffs. Yeah, and yep. honestly, we just got to go out there and play. And like you said, if if we get swept, it'll be a it'll be a letdown for us or whatnot. But it's a long season, and we already know that when time push comes to shove and playoffs come, we can kick your ass, and we'll do it again. And after the Dodgers series, the Padres go on the road to Minneapolis, three for the Twins. And guys, I think we forget right back to LA, play the Dodgers right after that. So they're going to be playing the LA Dodgers. Take take this. Six times in their next nine games, they're playing the Dodgers. So um, so I don't even think of this as one series. I think of these two clusters, these six and nine, to kind of see what we do. And, and we're going to get some good guys in the rotation because there's a series in between that. After that, three games at home against the Royals, the surging Red Sox, the Nationals, and then that in the Bronx. So I, I'm trying to find a patch of like easy games, but there's just not like – it's not really easy anymore in the bigs. Every, everyone competes, and there's a lot of good teams that, I guess, to at least start the year. So, Well, when you have the hope. Angels in first to second place, you got the Texas Rangers, you got the Pittsburgh Pirates in first. Everybody's playing really good baseball Are the Pirates right now. for real? Um, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. I have this discussion a lot, and look, they're a fun young team. I think that it's like kind of a, a, a new – uh, you know, generation of baseball of guys who are who are playing young, young, fast baseball. Um, you know, with McCutcheon, you know, being the vet there, um, they've got a lot of promising young superstars. They finally got the contract extension from Brian Reynolds after he requested many trades, and they didn't want to let him go, and they paid him. Um, and honestly, they got a, a great deal for him. Um, but that's a tough division, man. I mean, the the Cardinals are sitting there at ten and twenty one. Like we're all scratching our heads. You know, those guys were at the top of the division last year and they had the MVP. So I'd imagine they're going to figure it out at some point. And, you know, you've got the Brewers as well, but Pittsburgh looks nice. I mean, that's, it's a good little, uh, good little month of April that they had, you know, those, those games definitely mean something. Yeah. It's just a weird division. The Central's never been one of the strongest divisions and you never know who's going to come out of that. You always think it's going to be the Cardinals or the Cubs. But, you know, Milwaukee's playing really well, and they've played well the last couple of years. You know, Cubs are 500. Cincinnati's kind of just hanging around, and St. Louis is trying to figure out what, what's going on. And, you know, Pittsburgh, great city. It's a great ballpark. It's trying Beautiful to figure park, things out, man. But Holy I just have shit. a feeling they're just going to fall in a couple months. I so. saw a pick of PNC and I was like, holy, this this place rivals Petco. I'm not going to even lie. That place was beautiful, especially in summer, good weather. Uh, Charlie said, Hog, would this Dodgers series be considered a statement series? Yeah, but nothing more, nothing more, nothing less. You know, it's you know, nice to make a statement, but let's not let's not pull our hair out if it doesn't go our way or let's not, you know, get, go to the gas lamp and pop champagne if it does go our way. So I think those are things to take into account. Tatis, Dodger, killer. Well, guys, besides that, man, um, I think that's it. I think next time we'll regroup here, we'll, we'll at least play the Dodgers once and maybe twice, and we'll, we'll learn a lot more about this team. It's kind of the tale of the year. It's pretty crazy, though. We're, you know, we're 32 games in. You know, Probably next time we're recording an episode, we're at the 25% mark of the 2023 campaign. So you think, by. One, you, you think 162 is a lot, but when you're playing every freaking day, it's, uh, it kinda goes. It goes right by. 
Yeah, yeah. and with the, with that pitch clock, it's flying by even faster. You know. Yeah, it's only a two hour game. Heath, Heath, Michael's a longtime viewer, older supporter of the channel. He, I mean, think he's in his thirties or whatnot. He said, Heath, I remember watching you playing for the Padres back in high school. So pretty cool. Um, Michael, thanks for uh, thanks for your support, your donations, and it's cool to have you come back full circle. Heath, I want to ask you this. Last one. What was your favorite jersey to wear when you were playing with the team, and what's your favorite jersey that they currently wear now? Good question. Oh, man. You know, my favorite jersey was actually the brown and gold. So, and honestly, my favorite jersey right now is their their road jerseys. You know? Wait, which which brown and gold that you guys wore? Which one? Well, we were – the jersey was just brown, and the – Edges were like gold and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Wait, so, so that was the one that had like the bubble font, right? The old school, like yeah, 70s the bubble font. font. Yeah, that I was just fun. I always loved the brown and gold. That was like my favorite color for the Padres always. And I I think their 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 road pinstripes just look so nice. Now it's it's one of those things that you know I I I'm jealous. I wish I was playing every day in in these uniforms because it looks just so cool. And these are my favorite uniforms of all so but back it, in the day i loved the old school just it was all brown uh bubble font and a little gold from you know the edges and stuff like that is it me or does it feel like the players don't love the like alternate brown tops because i feel like they never wear those they probably don't you know for remember some when, reason they probably don't i don't know remember when, chris paddock don't left. Good. remember when chris paddock left and he went to the twins he was saying like, yeah, I'm kind of glad like I don't have to wear that UPS uniform anymore. Like throwing shade at our at our uniforms. Like, come on. Yeah, dude. I used to work for UPS, so there you go. You know, I, I loved working for them. So come full circle. Yeah, come full circle. But it's one of those things, you know, if you get in the clubhouse and you think, oh, it's a UPS uniform, some people are just going to go, you know, like maybe the starting pitchers and then it's just got a bad vibe and nobody wants to step up and go, no, man, UPS is cool or something like that. Maybe – they feel like they're a FedEx team or something, or they like the postal service better. So who knows, you know, baseball he, players not are that old, and crazy. So he, he's not that old. He wasn't on the 98 team. No, I threw 98. Did you? No, I threw 98 miles an hour. Oh no. He was asking if you're on the 98, 1998 team though. Um, all right, y'all. Well, that, that's that's going to be that. Make sure you guys go check us out. Uh, Believe, Apple Podcast, Spotify, wherever you get your listen. Good one, as always, gentlemen. I'm excited. For, just excited. I still It still hasn't triggered that we're really in this year yet. I feel like this first Dodgers series, it's going to kind of be that, all right, like let's lock in now. And uh, Yeah. Should I'm be a good you. one, boys. All right, I'm guys. Go Pods. It's fun to watch. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.